basically to the midpoint, you will be in the book of Psalms. And they're all numbered sequentially. So one, two, three, four. So you're going to look for one, Psalm 100. And that's where we're going to base our teaching this morning. If you don't have a Bible, if you don't have an, an app on your phone, you can look at the screen behind me and we'll cover that as well. But anyone who's using your Bible, when you've got it, say, say there. Okay, then let's... <laughs> Then let's stand together and let's, let's uh, read God's word together this morning. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. And his faithfulness continues through all generations. You can be seated. So the author gives us some great lessons on living life in the spirit of gratitude and in an attitude of thankfulness. If you're thankful and you know it, don't be embarrassed to say so. Did you notice the very first line of this psalm? Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. All the earth. The psalmist is including everyone in this encouragement. All the earth is commanded to worship the Lord with gladness and come before him with joyful songs. Now, a couple years back, I was watching late night TV, and there was a comedian on one of the late night shows, and he was talking about, um, this has been several years ago, he was on an airplane, and they reached cruising altitude about 30,000, 31,000 feet, and uh, over the loudspeaker came an announcement, they were testing out this new thing, um, you were going to be able to access the internet from your airplane seat. Now, perhaps today, we we don't consider that groundbreaking news, but remember when that was a new thing. And so he said, everyone around me, we got our laptops out, we got our phones up. And we're, he says, I was actually looking at some YouTube videos, and then it slowed down. And the loudspeaker came back on and says, we apologize for the interruption in service. We're doing our best to get it back up. And he says, the lady next to me slams her phone down and says, well, this is just ridiculous. He looked at her and he goes, ma'am. 12 minutes ago, you had no idea this even existed. <laughs> and now you're ticked off because it's slower than what you want it to be. He said, he closed his little monologue, goes, people are the worst. How many of you can say, yes, people can be the worst? Seems we live in the most ungrateful time in human history, but it was the same in Jesus' time. When I was in India a couple of years ago, we had the opportunity to visit a leper colony way out in the countryside, away from the other towns. And this leper colony had probably 100 lepers in it. Now, we all have heard about leprosy, but here in America with vaccinations and such, we really don't experience that a lot. Um, it's a terrible skin disease. You can, it actually deteriorates the digits on your, your hands and toes. Those will sort of decay and fall off. You can spread it from person to pe person. It's terribly contagious. And so in India, if you contracted leprosy, you would leave your family, leave your friends, leave your work, and move out away from everyone and live on this little compound. But our missionary partners, um, North India Christian Mission, has an outreach to these folks. 
And instead of just going to the gates and leaving rice and beans like other people would do without actually interacting with the folks in the leper colony, our friends at North India Christian Mission actually go in and they spend time sharing their lives and, and teaching and singing and praying and just, just being with folks. And so we were invited on our visit there to go in. And although I knew the risk was relatively small that I would contract leprosy, I've got to admit, when we were walking through the gates, there was a little bit of trepidation in my heart. So uh, uh, going in, you're looking around and you're going, you know, how do you engage with them? And and on their part, they kept a good distance from us just to sort of gauge how we wanted to interact with them. Um, But within within a few moments, the fear was overcome by this this very obvious sense of gratitude on their part that we would come. And, and within, a, within a very short time, um, we were shoulder to shoulder singing and praying and eating and laughing and working crafts with the little kids who lived in this little colony. And in the end, we were hugging and praying for each other. And I remember hugging this older gentleman. Um, and I remember when I did it, I felt like, not that, oh, Tim, look at you. You're praying with a leper. It was, there was this overwhelming sense that, that he, he was more valuable and it was more important for him to know that he was valuable to me and to God than it was for me to contract leprosy. Although in the end, I, I was thinking, if I lose my fingers, my career is basically shot. So, <laughs> but after we left, we stood outside those gates and, and I tried to express my overwhelming gratitude to our mission partners for their work and the service that they do among these people that everyone else will not even come near. And I, and I wanted to express my gratitude for them asking me to be part of that, for, to enable me to go in and experience that, something that, that I would never have experienced otherwise. And I tried to talk, and as I was trying to give, give words to what I was feeling, I gotta admit, I, I couldn't. I broke down. It was it was it was an emotional moment for me, and I couldn't express adequately what I wanted to say to them. And I remember one of the ladies just hugged me and she goes, It's all right. We understand. We understand. We feel the same way. Now, lepers are not treated that different today than they were in Jesus' time. Uh, Luke 17, Luke is the the third gospel in the New Testament. It's one of those red letter books, if you've got a Bible with red letters. Um, Luke 17, 11 says this. There's a story about lepers here. It says, now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. Now remember, Samaria and Galilee are these two people groups that really don't get along with each other. The Jews feel like the Samaritans are sort of half-breeds and not really, not really um, religiously right. So as Jesus was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. And they stood at a distance, and they called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And when Jesus saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priest, who is the only one who could authorize their return to society. And as they went, they were cleansed. Verse 15 says, one of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. Shout for joy, the psalmist said. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he 
was a Samaritan. Now, this story is a little bit about the fact that God shows grace and mercy and compassion on people sometimes that we don't think deserve grace, mercy, and compassion. But it's also a story about recognizing what we have to be grateful for. Now, anyone who's heard a doctor say it's in remission or the test came back clean knows what these 10 lepers must have felt. And nine of them went on eagerly to see the priest, and I can't blame them. But one man turned back. When he noticed he was healed, he turned back, a Samaritan of all people. And he came and found Jesus, and he was praising God with a loud voice. And he fell at Jesus' feet, and he thanked him. One out of ten. That's not a great gratitude ratio. Let's go back to Psalm 100. If you notice, there are three imperatives or commands in the first verses of Psalm 100. Remember this, shout for joy, which is one word in Hebrew, uh, teruah, and worship with gladness is the second imperative, and the third is come with joyful songs. Now, you don't have to understand Hebrew to understand that coming into God's presence should be an occasion of joy and delight. We might not have been healed from leprosy, but we all owe God a debt of gratitude. William Arthur Ward says this, feeling gratitude and not expressing it is like wrapping a present and not giving it. So if you're grateful and you know it, say amen. Well, here's another one of those imperatives. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. As Shauna saying earlier, it's his breath in our lungs. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. We are not the authors of our own existence. Everything in us and around us points back to an unassailable truth that we have a maker who designed us uniquely and intentionally. Now remember a long, long time ago when this sermon first started, and I mentioned Sarah Hale. That was a, that was a funny right there. You could have laughed. That was a moment. I mentioned Sarah Hale and her role in convincing President Lincoln to make Thanksgiving a national holiday. What I didn't tell you is that Sarah Hale was a poet. And I bet you all know the first stanza of her most famous poem. Anyone want to give it a shot? Well, it starts like this. Mary had a little lamb. Its fleece was... And everywhere that Mary went, he followed her to school one day. Very good. It made the children laugh and play. Now, the rest of the poem may not be so familiar. Here's how it goes. And so the teacher turned him out, but still he lingered near and waited patiently about till Mary did appear. And then he ran to her and laid his head upon her arm as if to say, I am not afraid. You'll keep me from all harm. What makes the lamb love Mary so, the eager children cry. Oh, Mary loves the lamb, you know, the teacher did reply. And you, each gentle animal in confidence may bind and make them follow at your call if you are always kind. Because he is our kind and gracious shepherd, we can have that same confidence in his love for us. Last Wednesday night, Rob, who's teaching a, a class on uh, Joshua, reminded me that sheep are not that clever, and with 
without a protective oversight of a shepherd, the, uh, the many predators that they have in their lives uh, will cause them not to survive that long. So we have a good shepherd, and we can say, not grudgingly, but joyfully, that we are his. And he has a sovereign claim on, it, on our lives. 1 Corinthians says, we are not our own, but we have been bought at a price. So if you're grateful to belong so completely to a good shepherd, and you know it, say amen. Theodore Roosevelt said this, let us remember that as much has been given us, much will be expected from us, and that true homage comes from the heart as well as from the lips and shows itself in deeds. You see, gratitude shouldn't merely be felt or just expressed in words, but it should also be expressed in our actions. And here are the last three imperatives. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever and his faithfulness continues through all generations. Did you get those last three? Enter, give, and praise. All of these are action words that remind us that gratitude is not just something we feel, but it's something that should motivate our activities. In other words, every opportunity we've been given to give thanks and express our gratitude, we should take full, full advantage of. Why is that? Because the Lord is good and his love endures forever and his faithfulness continues through all generations. At the end of the service, uh, we're going to have an opportunity to express our gratitude in some way. We've been collecting boxes, Christmas shoe boxes out there. We've got a trailer outside. We've got tons of boxes prepackaged in the back. And we need to get those boxes on the trailer. So if you've got a strong back or a weak back and you can partner with someone, we would love to have your help getting those boxes on the trailer at the end of the service. Now, that very last verse of Psalm 100 the Lord is good and his love endures forever, reminds me of Psalm 136. I don't have the scripture up there, but if you're in the Psalms already and you want to turn a few pages to the right, you can turn to Psalm 136, where it starts with this, give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his love endures forever. And then the psalmist goes through a whole litany of the ways God has shepherded his people through the every season of their history. He says this, he alone does great wonders, and then the people respond, his love endures forever. Let's try that. His love endures forever. He led his people through the desert. His love endures forever. He remembered us when we were slaves. He freed us from our enemies. This is a psalm that you can make your own. He walked with me through the death of my spouse. His love endures forever. He gave us strength to stick with our marriage. His love endures forever. He gives me peace in the midst of my diagnoses. His love endures forever. He gives me joy in a frustrating work environment. His love endures forever. If you're thankful for God's faithful love and you know it, say... Amen. Now, in music ministry, we tend to get a lot more suggestions than actual encouragement. So uh, I was so excited Wednesday night after uh, youth group, the youth kids came up and, and presented me with a little uh, expression of their gratitude. They wrote, 
I mean, Teresa, it's, it, it's not one of your oil paintings. I get that. But I'm still impressed by the cross and the, what looks like twinkle lights on it and a, and a crown of red hair, maybe? I don't know. Um, but what I love about this is the kids took a moment just to write some little encouraging things down there. And it's not, it's not just that those kids in particular did it, because I love these kids. They're great, and they're always encouraging. But it's the fact that they took the time to do it. So, uh, uh, so many in- amazing, uh, encouraging, and, and funny things they wrote. But uh, the one that stood out to me this particular week was, was Mason Canoys. Mason, are you in the room right now? He's not here? What's that? He's helping. God bless him. So here's what Mason wrote. It says, don't worry about messing up. Someone has most likely messed up worse. <laughs> sort of a backhanded encouragement if I ever heard one. But I love that. He forgives me when I mess up. His love endures forever. So the last sort of encouragement I want to give you this morning is this. If you're thankful and you know it, let someone else know. Time and time again in his letter, Paul begins and ends with a word of thanks to God for the people God is using in his life to encourage him and to build the church. Philippians 1, 3 through 5 is a verse we used this morning before the service started with the team of volunteers who serve this church so well. Here's what Paul writes. He says, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. So I want to pose a very simple challenge for you this morning. This week, I want you to take about five minutes, and you can do this individually, you can do this with your kids, with your family, and I want you to write a short note of appreciation to someone. It doesn't need to be long. In fact, the longer it gets, the weirder it sometimes feels. So a short little Thing that says, I thank God because you dot, dot, dot. We've even got some thank you cards here on the, on the front of the stage. I wish they had little turkeys or pumpkins on them. They don't. But, uh, but they're perfect size to write a little note of thanks to someone in your life who has done something meaningful or has given themselves in some meaningful way to, to you. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the German theologian who was imprisoned and ultimately killed for his resistance to uh, the Nazis in Germany, wrote this. In normal life, we hardly realize how much more we receive than we give. And life cannot be rich without such gratitude. It is so easy to overestimate the importance of our own achievements compared with what we owe to the help of others. So if you're grateful to the people God has surrounded you with, let them know.